Hello, everybody. Welcome to Pop Culture Period Peace Podcast. I'm Laura. I'm Julie. And we're here to tell you a little bit about a pop culture period piece, talk about it, give you some recommendations and all that fun stuff. Um, I am highly caffeinated because we're recording early in the morning. Uh, Julie, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing okay. Can I can I reveal something to you? Is this the place? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 related. Oh, okay. If is it about sprouts? No, it's not about sprouts. Okay, then yes. <laughs> Um, no, I was just going to say, like, you always do the intro. Yeah. And and I always have this, like, fear when we're connecting that, like, one day is going to be the day where you're like, do you want to do the intro? <laughs> and I'm going to say no. <laughs> I always have this fear that in your head, your internal monologue is like, Laura feels like she owns this fucking podcast. How dare she? So I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> no, I never, I never want to do the intro. You're so good at it. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm adequate. I'm a <laughs> one to 10 cups of coffee. I'm probably a seven. So <laughs> uh, Julie, do you have any recommendations for this, for this fine day? Yeah. Um, I just started station 11. Okay. Which is based on a book um, by Emily St. John Mandel. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's one of my favorite books. It's one of my favorite books to recommend. And they had announced that they were doing this maybe pre-pandemic or maybe at some point during the pandemic. But Mm -hmm. I think if it had come out like early in the pandemic, it would have been really hard to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, But watching it now, it's like, oh, this could have gone another direction Um, because the, the, do you know about this book? Um, My mother read it, but continue. (laughs) And then she like transferred the information to you. Yeah, so you probably have a more accurate <laughs> summary. The The premise of this book or sort of like the inciting incident of this book is that an actor passes mm-hmm. away on stage from this virus. And that sort of is like the first realization. And then very quickly, um, this like highly transmittable virus or disease or whatever, like goes, just goes through the world and ravages it. And so the book is now well into the future and, um, it's not a zombie thing, but like society is, is sort of like returning back. Um, Mm -hmm. when I was telling Mike about it, he's like, Oh, it's like Mr. Burns. And I was like, "Mm, not like Mr. Burns, post-apocalyptic play. It's just, it's different. Um, but the the main crux of it is following this traveling performance group through Ooh. the new world that has sprung up since this virus. And so I just I I love the book um, and the the show so far has just been really faithful to the book. I am slightly obsessed with like passion plays especially like renaissance dark ages era like when they were traveling um almost parades and stuff like that and that's how theater just slowly started to come back into our consciousness after the the um plague and Mm -hmm. so the first thing i hear is like i wonder if they parallel that like on how they do their like administration i'm a nerd um (laughs) administration of like uh how the the theater is run and the troops I'll have to look it up. Yeah. I, I think that you would really love this book. I think you would also really like this show. 
Well, my mother did not describe it like that. So <laughs> how did your um, mom describe it? Well, she stopped reading it because she said oh, it was <laughs> like too depressing. Also, I mean, she also started reading it like at the be like not that long ago. Oh yeah. And no. different we have different views about what is currently happening in the world. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that those things aligned made her go like, oh. So she also mm-hmm. really loves like post-World War II thing, like women living their lives. Like that's her like favorite genre. Um, so I think there was like this like post-catastrophic event that drew her to it. And then she was like, no, thank you. So your mom should read Kristen Harmel, if I pronounce that correctly. Probably. She probably has. Yeah. Um, anyway, that, yeah. I took us on a tangent. But no, that's, I love that's it. What I'll I read recommend. it now. Book and or show, whichever, whichever, however you would prefer to consume media. I'll put it that way. I would probably watch the show version of that because books I'm completely like in a fantasy world and I love it um <laughs> except for the Bridgerton books so like if it's fantasy and sexy I'm like doubly there uh which is why the Sookie Stackhouse books are my favorite um <laughs> I would recommend although it might be a little bit late because we record pretty pretty about a month in advance uh The Witcher 2 just came out um season two of the witcher on netflix so i'm watching that speaking of fantasy and sexiness all world end up one um and i really like this season so much better than the first season the first season was like three timelines like intertwining with each other and then finally coming together and this season it's a lot of just like three different stories but it's all the Mm -hmm. same timeline like okay the end of season one my roommate and i had to literally Google, like, what is happening in The Witcher? Like, give us the timelines. Give us when things happen. Because they also live for... Did you watch it, Julie? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Not season two, but season okay. one. Well, season, like, one, they they live for, like, 400 years. So you have two characters that, in theory, are, like, in their mid-30s. But it could have been 100 years' time that has passed. Mm. And so like, what, what is happening? What year is it? What? So I like this season a little bit more because it just doesn't feel as like far away um, than the last season. The Witcher is interesting to me because it's based on a video game. Well, it's based on a book and then the video game is based the video on game. a book. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. The books are very... <laughs> dry there's there's a hyper masculine fantasy right like there's a a fantasy written through the male gaze and fantasy written through the female gaze mm-hmm. which is totally fine and the witcher is one of those like fantasy written through the male gaze gotcha so it just it's just one of those where i'm like Meh, all right but i enjoy it on tv okay so yeah um, cool. So Julie, what movie we're in, we're in musical month, musical month. What movie are we talking about today? We're talking about Moulin Rouge. <gasps> Moulin Rouge. 
uh, Moulin Rouge, for those who haven't seen it, where have you been? Um, <laughs> but it's Baz Luhrmann uh, was the director and writer, and it's a musical romp that uses a lot of canned music, even though there's a few, there's a few original songs in there as well. Um, and it is about a bohemian writer that falls in love with the courtesan at the Moulin Rouge named Satine, and they develop a play and while they develop this giant musical extravaganza they fall in love but the guy who's financing it is named the duke and so the duke thinks he needs to sleep with the courtesan you know because he's paid all this money to to finance the play um and then she gets tuberculosis and it's phenomenal it's a nice little little snippet of a summary so Julie, you usually send me notes. What was the first, the only note you sent me for this movie? Um, the note that I sent you was, I'm still so Thursday for Ewan McGregor. Which I mean, you could be Thursday, <laughs> but I felt like you meant thirsty. Yes. Um, yes. I don't, I like my... This is not me typing Thursday and then being like, nah, whatever. This is autocorrect saying, no, 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 you meant Thursday, not Thursday. And me being like, I'm not getting in this fight with you today, autocorrect. <laughs> I wonder if like you being Thursday for you, McGregor, is like, like that expectation of Friday, like that feeling like, oh, it's almost the end of the week. I'm so excited. That's like yeah. the you McGregor feeling. It's a Thursday feeling. Absolutely. Justify this typo for me. I'm I love this. Yeah. Thursdays are usually when shows open too. Like usually I have an opening night on a Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. So this that all makes was, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're Thursday for you and McGregor. <laughs> I'm I'm also still Thursday for you and McGregor. I he is just one of those individuals that like he smiles and his eyes like sparkle and he's so nice and he makes you feel safe and like him and Nicole Kidman in this in these roles like have you seen the musical oh no I was like okay. what musical oh, oh Moulin Rouge, Rouge the musical on Broadway I was like there's a musical called the musical <laughs> yeah the musical the musical I mean I'm sure there is um the Broadway musical stinks. It stinks. Oh, you no. heard it here first. And um, it's all right. It's fine. But it's the thing that makes this movie so amazing are first off the like film visuals, because this is just a film language completely on its own that is hyper stylized. And you can't translate that to a stage. You, you just can't, or at least they didn't. Um, and then... This is going to be potentially our most contentious episode. Yet. Probably, probably. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It is fine. It is just, it is not this movie. And also because they don't have this cast, there is no way to put the electricity <laughs> that you have between you McGregor, Nicole Kidman, like all of these phenomenal, John Leguizamo, like phenomenal individuals onto a stage. Oh, Laura, I'm so glad I didn't send you the rest of my notes. Oh, no. Was it like, I like the musical? <laughs> well, like, for example, my oh, next no. note was, as much as I love John Leguizamo, I don't think I'm okay with him in this role anymore. 
Oh, why? Well, because Toulouse-Lautrec uh-huh. was five feet tall. Uh-huh. Um, and like, I think it would have been like if they were like, we want John Leguizamo for this role. Uh-huh. And like him as an actor represents the spirit of this person. Mm-hmm. better than anyone else we're gonna go with it but the fact that they like digitally altered him to make him like shorter short yeah right i'm like you know what there there probably there was an actor that could have done that that would have been i mean and john linguizam is amazing but like you could have put him somewhere else in this movie and and found someone more appropriate for that role oh yes heard i also have <laughs> a note Oh, we're gonna um, fight. Yeah, I think I think a little bit. Um because I very I very distinctly remember seeing this movie. And if you say something negative about my patron Saint Nicole Kidman. No. Okay. Or okay. at least that's not what I was gonna say at this moment. Okay. Oh shit. Um no, I actually she's fine. Um but I do remember distinctly seeing this movie and loving it and thinking, gosh, this would be so amazing on the stage. Mm-hmm. whereas like when i was watching this movie now it i was like this is too chaotic for me to watch i am getting motion sickness from the opening of this movie so when you talk about like the stylization and all of that for me it was just like this is too much happening at once like let's tone it down it, it would work for me if i was in a theater where i was surrounded by all this but instead i'm watching it all it take place on on a tv and it's too much for me so here, I have two things to say about that. Julie, what is your preferred preferred medium for performing? Is it stage or film? Stage. Okay. Ask me the same question. Laura, what is your preferred media for performing stage or film? A film, 100%. And I think that's an interesting distinction. I, I mean, I didn't, Moulin Rouge, the stage major may be terrible. It's fine. It's fine. You actually may love it because there are people that love it. For me, I'm like, oh, I just want more like energy in it. And you're just staring at like one, like one group of chorus members instead of like 60 things happening at once. So maybe there is a middle ground and someone creates Moulin the, Rouge, the, the immersive experience. <gasps> Yes, please. Is it us? Do we create it? I mean, um, maybe. Maybe. Maybe that's the the route we go. Um, the second thing I wanted to say to that was that when I saw it in theaters, because this was the first movie musical that came out in like twenty years. Like it was, and then the movie musicals before that, if they came out, they were very um like countercultury, like Little Shop of Horrors, you know. Yeah. So this was the first like one that had major backing and my mother and father took me because I was, I'll take a shot, everyone. I was in middle school when this came out. Oh my God. I hate (laughs) you so much right now. But um, my mother and my father took me and then during the the can-can scene, the the can-can-can, my mother turns to me, she's like, your father cannot handle this. We're going to go to the mall. We'll be back when this movie is over. And they left me in the theater because they couldn't handle the amount of like bombarding they got visually. Great. So I am your parents in this. 
I'm just saying that you're not the only one who had that experience. And that even from like a young age, I was like, I love, I love the amount of like, yeah, I just like that bombardment visually, especially because the storytelling is like, so, and it slows down, it just starts chaotic and then slows down, which I think is very symbolic of like being in theater is like the, the bombardment of all the excitement, all the excitement. And then once you get into the rehearsal process, it definitely just slows down. Yeah, I just, this and Blair Witch are the only two movies that I can say have made me think, I think I'm going to get motion sickness from this film. Mm. That's where I was. <laughs> like it was, it it had like that much of a physical impact on me watching the opening. I was like, Ugh. <laughs> when was the last time you watched it? Uh, it's been so long. Oh, okay. There's uh, like, there's actually, I know that I talk about like replay value when I rate movies. There's yeah. really like very few movies that I'm like, I, I'm going to rewatch this. It's mostly yeah. like holiday movies or mm -hmm. Titanic. Mm -hmm. I, and then yeah. other than that, it's just like, oh, if I'm with people and they're like, oh, let's watch this movie. I'm not going to be like, I saw that before. I will not watch it. I'm just giggling at that teenage julie voice no that's that's adult julie too <laughs> oh okay i don't want to uh yeah we're no. like i so moulin rouge a brother art down down with love are like and waiting for guffman are the ones that i like will rewatch, or i'll put them on when i'm cleaning a lot so i i just do you remember <laughs> If you want to go down a rabbit hole, Pinterest Moulin Rouge weddings, because they are wonderful and horrible. Wow. Is this like recent? Like people are still doing it? Oh, this? yeah. Still doing it. Because it's all people like that were in middle school or high school when it came out. Okay. Not everyone was in middle school or high school. Or when it came college. Out. Um, when it came out that like they are now getting married. And it's... <laughs> hey. They watched that movie and they were like, I'm going to have a Moulin Rouge wedding. This is romance. 15 to 20 years. Okay. So here's another thing when it comes to that and Phantom of the Opera, I'm going to talk about Phantom. I know they're not related, but they are, is that there are so many people that have weddings that <laughs> the theme of the wedding is a movie where someone dies or the romance is actually very toxic. Yeah. And so Moulin Rouge and Phantom of the Opera, the main two where people are like, I'm going to have a Phantom of the Opera wedding, or I'm going to have the Moulin Rouge wedding, or a Romeo and Juliet wedding. Or, and you're like, what? <laughs> people die. I'm so confused. Um, but Moulin Rouge was a big one, that weddings, especially after the musical came out too, because then there was like a resurgence oh, yeah. of people watching it. No, like the musical, she sings um, Firework mm -hmm. by Katy Perry. Instead of Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend? No, it's like her dramatic song. Oh, okay. Like when she feels like a plastic bag moving through the wind. Her very dramatic song. Also, there wouldn't be plastic in the Victorian era, but that's fine. That's the least, that's the, the tiniest problem I have with the musical. It's fine. <laughs> It's fine. And like the costume, like the amount of like sheer, like the costumes are all so 
huge. Like to make any of those can-can dresses, you need like 17 yards of fabric minimum. Yeah, the co- I mean, the costumes in this are just so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. They they really are. Um, I I did have a note about Nicole Kidman, not like a, a performance note, just like a thing yes. I wrote down. Yes. Um, because when she was doing the scene where, like, she thinks she's meeting the Duke, mm-hmm. and she first of all she's just like wearing the hell out of that negligee number. Oh yes. Um, but she was just like chewing the scenery and i was like oh she must have had so much fun filming this movie and then i was like oh where where in like the end of her marriage to tom cruise was oh, this it's and right i wrote there. yeah i wrote is this movie nicole kidman's f used f you to tom cruise because she wins and then i cl- clearly looked it up because then in all caps i wrote oh my god it was the same year mm-hmm so she finished filming. I know way too much about Nicole Kidman. I love her so much. I do have a, I have a cousin, Debbie, if you're listening, she's not listening, but my cousin Debbie looks exactly. Mm-hmm. And then after they were done filming, there is a picture of Nicole Kidman coming out of the divorce courts when she signed her divorce papers and listeners, I highly suggest you look up this picture because she has like the most elated face that anyone's ever had she's like punching the air she's so excited and then she wins like a kid's choice award or like one of those really big mtv maybe it's an mtv award um movie award for moulin rouge and she basically says like thank you to all of her castmates because this was a really hard year for her and she couldn't have done it without them and it's very implying that like her castmates of moulin rouge got her through her divorce So, and she doesn't do a lot of things where she's goofy, you know, like she's very, she, she does a lot of things that are, and so this was one of, especially that, that scene where she could be goofy and loud. She also doesn't play a lot of loud characters. Yeah. I, I loved her in far and away. Mm -hmm. Not saying I didn't love her in this. That's what we're not going to fight about that. No, I love Turn Fire and Away. Fire and Away is one of those movies that I know is not good. No, we'll we'll definitely have to do an episode about yeah. Fire and Away. But I but I that I will rewatch that anytime it's on TV. That's not a I own it, but if it just happened to be it used to be on Encore all the time, RIP Encore. Um <laughs> and I'd watch it all, that and Labyrinth would be on Encore all the time. <laughs> so yeah. I, I also do love that this movie has all of the, like, the theater tropes, but none of them feel corny. Yeah. Like the, the, like, love at first sight, doomed lovers, the coughing into a handkerchief and there being blood on it. Yeah. Do you hate that? Do you think it's corny? No, I don't. I don't think it's corny. It was just so melodramatic. Yeah, yeah. It it was one of those things that would, like, on stage, make sense because people need to see it. How dare you? <laughs> no, I love. No, I love this conversation because I feel like sometimes you and I have such similar taste in movies and media and all of that. And this is really starting to separate the Julie from the Laura's 
of the world that listen to podcasts. <laughs> Julie's from the Loras. I love that. Yeah, I love I love melodrama. Because life is like I also think that life is melodramatic and life is crazy and weird and like sometimes the grittiness or the like realistic nature of life. I'm like, ah, whatever. I'm bored. <laughs> Let's move. Um, I will save it for when we rate. <gasps> I feel like you're hiding a deep, dark secret. And I just, I'm so excited to talk about Newsies next week. I'm just saying. Well, it was, it was funny because I guess like I was talking to Mike about it and <laughs> I was like, I feel like Laura's going to have a lot to say about this from like a film history standpoint, because like, I understand that there are films that are very important because of the impact that they have. And I recognize mm -hmm. that this movie was incredibly important because it brought back movie musicals and it did, you know, it, it, it created this like new type of musical where we're using like contemporary music in a period piece. And um, and I was like, you know, I, I, I recognize all that stuff and I'm sure there's terminology for it that Laura knows, but I don't think I need to see this movie again. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about Newsies. Okay. Um, <laughs> I feel like you're going to hate on Newsies just to make a point. No, I'm going to hate on Newsies since I saw it on Broadway. I am not a fan, um, but but to each their own, to each their own. No, I no, it, I mean, this movie actually didn't have a huge impact. Like it did on the movie musicals um, standpoint. Baz Luhrmann is also just a film language of his own. Like, yeah, if you liked Romeo and Juliet, his Romeo and Juliet, but like he does not give a shit. And I, <laughs> I love it. I also like the... I I love the fact that like he can tell a, like this story is simple. It is a simple simple story, but he can bring emotions and bring moments and like craft a simple story so beautifully. So to me Milan Rouge is like it's like impression, like <laughs> I'm a dick. It's like the impressionist art movement where it's like, yes, he's like drawing a bridge, but like Monet painted a bridge with like his colors and his hues that he saw. And so it's kind of like that. And like, I understand completely that some people don't like that type of painting or that type of film because it's not, some people love still lifes or boats or something that looks more realistic to what it actually is. And so I feel like Moulin Rouge is like that type of painting. So I understand why other people are like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Where, because, it, you know, it's too chaotic and, but I love it because it is a chaotic way to tell a very simple story and just kind of relating how these simple stories of like a doomed romance, like a romance that is doomed from the start because of economic differences and health and, you know, um, can just be told in a different, beautiful way because we're all living the same seven stories. So 
where I feel like you like stuff that like Titanic is a very concrete historically based down to like what they're wearing and the fibers in their costumes film it was just like i i like a lot of art i just don't like the art in my face yeah like and i like and it immerse me in that shit <laughs> it to in an environment where i was like watching it and i couldn't then it wasn't tangible it mm. was like too much for me and yeah. like was literally making me ill and i as i said in the beginning i absolutely loved this movie the last time i saw it but i guess i, I just am old and weird now because i didn't see this when i was in middle school so take a shot um yeah <laughs> i think yeah i think and there is something to loving movies like we had that with little women right where we're like we love 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 this movie when we were younger, I don't think I'll ever need to rewatch that Little Women again. Oh my God, Tony is gonna come after you, huh? Tony is gonna come after you. No, Little Women, not a Little Princess. Oh, okay. Whew. No, a Little Princess all day, every day. But <laughs> Little Women, like the Winona Ryder version, I'm like, ah, I think I'm actually good. I think I'm complete in this journey, and that's okay too. We're still friends, Julie. Okay. I'm not gonna invite you to my Moulin Rouge themed wedding, but we're still friends, so. Oh man. But see, that would be different. Then I get to experience it tangibly. No, it will just be, when I say invite you, I mean that we're actually gonna have the entire wedding on a film screen. You just have to watch it. Oh, okay, then no, I'm not there. So sorry. (laughs) On dual monitors. Yeah, good good luck. Enjoy, (laughs) Enjoy that. Okay, cool. I'm I'm the most single human in the world. Anyway, so Julie, mm-hmm. do you want to do you want to do the rating scale or do you want me to come up with one? I want you to do that work. Oh, okay, okay. I'm giving you a chance because I don't want you to think I'm hogging it. Um, one to ten, bloody handkerchiefs. <laughs> You're so much better than this. <laughs> what do you give Milan Rouge? I'm going to give it four bloody handkerchiefs for the talented cast. Because you're still Thursday. For I'm still Murder. Thursday. I'm going to give it a 10. We all know this. No one's surprised. <laughs> I've had red I hair since surprised. middle school. I, I, I am surprised. I, I thought that you would be more critical of this film than me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) No, I truly, I think of it like a painting. Like it's, it's not, I don't think of it like a, a film necessarily. Like, I feel like it's a separate work of art from other films. Like, Oh brother, where art thou? I also have the same feeling where I'm like, I, I think of it and across the universe is another one. We're across the universe, actually. If we'll get into that, but I, I feel. <gasps> oh, I sorry. I'll this, save it. I'll save it for that episode. Yeah. I for, I forgot that's an episode we're talking about. Yeah, I just, <laughs> you just, just got take, excited again. Well, just taking you through my realization, I still have to pick my second movie. <gasps> yeah, and when you said across the universe, I was like, oh, I'll choose that one, and then I was like, oh, wait, Laura chose that one. I did, ha. Um, but there are some films that I'm like, I don't, I don't feel like the the film experience should be equated to 
equated to going to see like a little princess should not be equated to Moulin Rouge. If that makes sense. So no, I give it a I give it a 10 out of 10 because I feel like it's just gorgeous and flawless. Um you like but it I on also, your face. Huh? And in your face. I love I I mean I love immersive experiences and I love like even visual immersive experiences. So yeah. You don't you don't get car sick, do you? I don't. Okay. I do not get I I want to see the Venn diagram of people that get car sick. That and my mother, my father do. Yeah, so I also get car sick. Like I I like if I'm looking at my phone for mm-hmm. like longer than a few minutes or even a few moments in the car, my body's like, "Oh, get ready." See, and so, I read in the car if I'm taking a long Oh my trip. god. Just hearing you describe reading in the car makes me feel nauseous. I read all of Dr. Sleep in the car Christmas okay. two years ago. Yeah, I would love listeners. If you're part of that Venn diagram, tell us what part you're on. <laughs> I should make that Venn diagram for our Instagram. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you share the Sprouts photo. Yes, yes. Yeah, I will. I will. Um all right. Well, Julie, what do you have to look forward to? Um, I have to look forward to the holiday season. Um, <laughs> as as you noted, we record these a little bit early, and and the holidays are coming upon us. It's our first. It's our first like real holiday in the new house. Um, mm-hmm. We actually were like a, officially a year in um, yesterday, um, but our our first Christmas we literally didn't have anything yet because the the movers came separately from us um and so we bought like a little three foot tree um we had both just said we're not going to get presents for each other this year because we moved and blah 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 and then of course both of us went out on like christmas eve during a pandemic in our our masks and gloves um, and ended up buying each other presents that so there was something under our three foot tree. Sweet. What do you have to look forward to? Um... <laughs> Sorry. Really yeah. Sorry. Um, well, it's hard right now because like I have things that in theory I am, but I'm really going to in complete transparency listeners with all of the like spike in cases, the things that I'm looking forward to are large gatherings or events. Like I'm directing mm-hmm. a show at a school next year um, in January. And in my head, I'm like, if they go remote, that show's not happening. Right. Like, are these things happening? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. yeah. So it's, it's not a like doomsday thing. It's me going, okay, what, what am I looking forward to that? If the, if the world shuts down again, which I, I don't know if it will, but it, it's, I do think that if school, the one thing that could happen is schools going remote that I could see. Um, and so I think I'm, I am looking forward to, we are um, getting a week off of work and I, uh, we're not, I'm not going anywhere um, just because it is winter here. And so like, oh, I'm going to take a trip or so, like, that's just not in my headspace because it could always snow. So I'm going to be like cleaning my house and I got a drill for Christmas. We had our family Christmas yesterday and I'm going to put up curtains that I've been wanting to put up and I'm going to do some painting. So I'm really going to be playing around my house during that week and then 
going to the gym and and just all that stuff that you say you're going to do, but just gets like put to the side. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm excited about that because that's something that like, even if I have to stay in my space for a little while longer, it will make my space feel new and different and more like me. So yeah. So that's what I'm excited about. Looking I think that's awesome. Yeah. I have a bidet for both of my bathrooms too. So just saying. (laughs) Excited about that. Excited about a clean tushy. Um, yeah. So thank <laughs> we're gonna leave it on that note. Um, take a shot, listeners. I think you got about four in there. And next week we're gonna be talking about newsies. So the great debate continues. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Pop Culture Period Peace Podcast is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com.